In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. I used to have this fear, let's call it an irrational fear, uh, when I was driving a lot farther to get to church on Sunday mornings, I used to have a fear on the day that we would read the gospel of the Good Samaritan that on my way to church I'd find somebody on the side of the road in a ditch. And I'd be faced with the quandary, oh my gosh, what do I do? Should I stop and help them? Or should I go on my way because I have people relying on me? I have things to do. I'm an important person. <laughs> right? Like th This was like literally the thought that would come through my mind every year on this Sunday when we'd read this gospel on my way to church. And thank God, he knows my weakness and he didn't make me choose at that time. And I was able to just continue on to church. But... I heard a story once from a priest who was preaching on this gospel and on Saturday night after Vespers he's driving home and sure enough somebody is on the side of the road with their flashers on and he's thinking about what he's going to say for the homily about the Good Samaritan and he drives by this car he's like I really need to work on my homily what am I doing and he turned around and he went back and he helped the person. It's never convenient, right? It's never convenient to help somebody. Most of the time, it's an inconvenience, right? Gail Armstrong used to say when uh, St. John's was on the roadkill list back in the 70s and 80s, he said a moose never gets hit by a car on a warm sunny day right on the side of the road at 3 in the afternoon when you have nothing to do. It's always 3 in the morning, 10 below, a mile off the road somehow, right? Right? Like, it's never convenient. It's never convenient to be interrupted, so to speak, in our life. We get so absorbed in what we're doing and in how important we are that we often miss the myriads of opportunities we have to help people. And we often, even when we do stop to help somebody, whether it be a friend or a foe, whether it be someone that we know or a stranger, we will often think, well, this is something that I got to do because I'm a Christian. So I guess I'm contractually obligated to help somebody, right? Sometimes that thought will go through your mind. And on the rare occasions, let's say 10% or less of the time, we just do it out of the goodness of our heart, right? And by the time we're done, we're always glad to have helped. We're glad to have interrupted ourselves. But what I'm talking about is the attitude going into the encounter. You're pulling off the side of the road and you're thinking about the 10 things in your day that are now going to change because you're pulling off on the side of the road or whatever, or because you're answering that phone call or running that errand. Right? Right? I think, I, I see some people nodding. I think like I'm speaking about more than just my life here. All right. But, but, what we have to remember, I'm going, I'm going to pull back something that I said back in June that got a lot of traction for several weeks, okay? Serving others is not a got to. It's a get to. 
It's not a got to, it's a get to. Right? I gave this homily back in June, and I said that, and, and I heard from a lot of people and a lot of different circumstances for the next few weeks after that, they're like, that really registered. And you know what? Of all the things, of all the Gospels that that applies to, this is it, I think. I mean, there are probably plenty more. But when I was thinking about the Gospel of the Good Samaritan this week, I was very much thinking, like, so many times I reluctantly go out of my way to help somebody thinking, I have to do this. I better do this. Rather than thinking, wow, the Lord has given me this opportunity to love and serve someone else just as he did to us. Because as St. Paul says, while we were yet still sinners, Jesus died for us. Right? And he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to. He didn't owe us anything. But what did he do? He came down and humbled himself and took up our shame. And he was crucified and he rose from the dead to reunite us with himself. He came and he took care of us. He poured oil and wine on our wounds, and he put us on his own beast, so to speak. When he's carrying the cross, he's carrying our sins, right? He put us on his back, and then he takes us to the inn, his church. And he says, here, be taken care of. The church is very much supposed to be, supposed to be the hospital for the sick. You know what the problem that some people have? They are either abused by the hospital workers or they're abused by the other patients. And so they leave. But what we hope for is that people can come to the church and find healing, find peace, find respite. And that's what the Good Samaritan does here in this Gospel reading. A man was on his way to Jericho, fell among the thieves. He's beaten, laying nearly dead on the road. And who comes along? A priest. A priest. Oh, this guy will help him. Nope. He passes by. Why? He has things to do. He's very important. Also, if he touches the man, he's going to be defiled. Right? So he's trying to keep, in his defense, he's trying to keep the law, except he misses the law of love. And we can apply that to our lives. We sometimes try to keep our own sense of propriety. I need to be on time. And I'm going to miss the law of love. Right? I need to do this. I'm going to miss the law of love. I really need that money for this thing that I was going to do, and therefore I miss the law of love, the chance to give, to serve. All right. Then a Levite comes. And the best uh, way to think about a Levite, a Levite is like a deacon in the Old Testament. The priest offered the sacrifice, but the Levite worked in the temple and around the temple, kind of like a deacon. Okay. So the Levite comes. Oh, he's, he's going to help. Nope. Same thing as the priest. Passes by. 
And then who comes along? The one man, of course, Jesus always turns the paradigm on its head. The one man who's not supposed to help because he's a Samaritan. He's, like, you want to talk about racism. Like, the Jews thought Samaritans were dogs. And the Samaritan comes along and sees this Jew lying half dead on the road, and he takes care of him. Doesn't care. He sees past the obstacles. And too many times we see the obstacles and we stop. We have to see past the obstacles. And if we think of these opportunities as a get-to instead of a got-to, we'll see past the obstacles. But you know, you know there's an interesting connection between the Samaritan and Jesus. You know why? Because in John chapter 8, Jesus is arguing with the Pharisees. And Jesus says, he's talking about his father and where he's come from and how his father bears witness of him. And the Pharisees say, what do you mean your father? Like, our father is, is Abraham. Right? And that's when Jesus gives the famous, before Abraham was, I am. But in the middle of this argument, the Pharisees tell Jesus in John 8, 48, you are demon-possessed and a Samaritan. That's their insult to him. You are a demon-possessed Samaritan. Like, that was the worst thing that they could say to him. Okay? And so, so what's going on? Now, I don't know whether Jesus tells this parable before or after that argument, because they're in different Gospels. But elsewhere, Jesus is telling a parable about loving your neighbor, and he identifies himself with the Samaritan, right? The one who's doing good. The one who sees past all the nonsense. The one who pours on oil and wine. Do you know what the oil and wine represent? The oil of chrismation, right? Also the oil of holy unction. This gospel is read during the unction service. And the wine, of course, holy communion. So the church, like we have, we have the sacraments and, and that's what this, this Samaritan who's in John eight forty eight very closely associated with Jesus is doing for us. St. The Theophon, or blessed, not St. Theophon, blessed Theophylact says we must always be ready to serve God through good works. We must always be ready. And what happened with the priest and the Levite in this parable is they weren't ready. They were self-absorbed. They were in their own mind thinking about all the wonderful things they're going to do later. And they missed the opportunity right in front of them. We have to always be ready. And we can always be ready if we start framing things as a get-to instead of a got-to. Okay? So... Brothers and sisters, as we go out this week into the world, let us search for opportunities to serve others and do good works. Let us look for the least of the brethren that we can serve, while not missing those who may be the most of the brethren right in front of us, who need a hug, a smile, a kind word, a note, a call, a prayer. We can serve in all of these ways. We have to keep our mind open to it. Right? And when, when it comes to our spiritual life, 
We can wake up in the morning and grumble and complain and say, oh man, I just don't have time and you know, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. Or we can wake up and say, thank you, Lord, for a wonderful day. And I get to do this and I get to do that. And it's going to be hard, maybe unpleasant, but I get to do it. I don't know how many times as a priest I hear people come to confession and say, I'm just having trouble doing my prayers. I just don't look forward to it. But I know I have to do it. Well, don't you get to do it? Don't you get to talk to the living God? Isn't that something we should look forward to? If it's not something we look forward to, then maybe we need to revise what we're doing and the way that we're doing it. Change the paradigm. So let's reframe our lives. Let's look at all the work that needs to be done in school, at work, in our homes, in our families, in our church. There's a lot of work to do. But let's look at how we get to do it and let's focus on serving others and especially now that the snow has fallen the roads are not as good as they were a week ago okay if you own a pickup truck you're going to see people on the side of the road and i believe alaskans more than others really enjoy pulling over with their big pickup trucks and pulling people out of the ditch that's one of the nice things about people up here but let's also make sure that we do it with a healthy attitude, not an attitude of resentment or grumbling. But let's do it with eagerness and love. As St. Paul says, what was, what was our verse last night? Let all that you do be done with love. Right? Let all that you do be done with love. We learned that at Christian End last night. So let us go forth with the eyes of love, and love the Lord our God truly with all of our heart and with all of our soul and with all of our mind and with all of our strength. The lawyer spoke rightly. That's what the law says. If we can love God with all of that, then we should be able to love our neighbors as ourselves and interrupt ourselves so that we can serve God and serve our brothers. And in doing so, we can become like the saints who praise and glorify the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Christ is in our midst.